detectives Munch and Finn are on a manhunt tracking down a serial killer. And yeah, guess what? The Canadians are involved in it too, though. So Canada, A, you got some maple syrup. This is Twisted, a Lower and Order SVU podcast. Welcome to uh, Twisted, a Law and Order SVU podcast. This is me, BD Rose, and um, this is our 40th show. So, how was your weekend, everybody? Oh, yeah, well, mine is like, um, I'm still coming out of a little cold, though. So... I want to say this is our 40th show, and I want to thank you for listening. Okay, it's so Twisted, a Lord Order SVU podcast. You can hear us on Spotify FM. Our show is every Monday, and you can listen to us on Anchor FM or other of these websites and all that stuff, though. So, uh, finally, this is our 40th show. No, no, my 40th show. I wish I had a partner with me and all that stuff, you know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. No one came to step up the plate, and no one is supporting me, man. I wonder why. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you know, they, they just end up and doing their lives. I'm just saying. All right? Now, th- I just want to let you know that this, isn't a, this is not a family-friendly show. All right? So, this we grown people over here. We all adults. So, I'm going to say words like shit. Oop, I cursed. Oops, I did it again like Britney Spears. I see. <laughs> so, um, anyway, you know, finally, I, this is finally my 40th show. I mean, my quest is to do 50 and much more. So, we at the end of the 2021 right now. And me, I mean, I just been going through a little cold for the past few days. I mean... I was having some back pain and I was coughing up mucus. I, mean, I shouldn't have got some like mucinex, but I managed to drink a lot of herbal tea, so I'm getting a little better. You know, it's just I gotta drink a lot. Of, I gotta drink like a lot of fluids in order to me to stay stay healthy and all that stuff though. And I can put a little, a little bit of vitamin C and all that stuff in my body though. Cause I know sometimes the weather they be changing and shit like that though. I mean. I should, I went out I, I went outside with my um without a hat and next thing you know I got this damn cold I'm not sure I done that though but I'm telling you when it's flu season when the weather gets cold though you gotta be prepared dress warm drink a lot of tea and prevent yourself from getting this um this disease that's out there I'm not gonna say it but and right now things are getting harder right now because then they forcing this mandate to make sure that everyone has to be vaccinated in order to keep to keep keep their jobs. Because right now the shit is getting hard right now though. It's not easy. I mean, thanks a lot with this this um this variant. 
I'm gonna say the Omicron variant. I mean, I'm not gonna say the virus, you know. I don't want to get you get shocks like shock or something like that, though. But <laughs> in my opinion, everything is like a conspiracy going on around here. So I'm not gonna say that much. So uh, hopefully, you know, after for me, you know, I'm I'm getting a little better. I know I'm I'm trying to get I'm getting a lot of rest. Make sure I don't wanna get infected. You know what I mean? So. Enough about me. Let's get into some law and order news. All right. Um, I'm going to give you some law and order news right now. The last time I mentioned that the Anthony Anderson for Blackish Fame. Yeah, he's going to be coming back with Prize's role as a cop on the original Law & Order. And I also mentioned earlier that the original, NBC was bringing back the original Law & Order. So, yeah, so, and uh, I know a lot of y'all fans are happy about that, though, saying they're going to bring back the original Law & Order, right? So, not only did they, Anthony Anderson is coming back, but they got, like, the new guys coming back, like, um... Coming no, 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 excuse me. New guys coming in, like um, the um, that guy for Burn Notice. What's his name? Jeffrey Donovan. Yeah, he's gonna be playing. He's new to the cast, and you got Hugh Dancy, and then you got the big girl from the practice. They're gonna be coming on that show. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I also met, um, and there's gonna be two new people coming on there, and one of them is like a returning favorite. This one actress, though, she's from who was born and raised from Israel. I mean, I don't remember her name, but uh, she looks a bit like Kim Kardashian or something shit like that, though. But she's going to be joining the, the Revival Law and Order as the ADA, something like that, though. And get this. Guess who's coming back? Yeah, Sam Watterson is going to be reprising his role as the real McCoy, you know, and, um, on 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 the Law and Order revival. Yes, yes, yes Sam McFarlison, aka debate the real McCoy is coming back. So I know you're happy about that though. And um, when I found I found out on Twitter though I responded and I put in the real McCoy's back. And guess who like my tweet? Yo, it's those people from the today show. Yeah, that I'm talking along with Al Roker and Hoda Kobe and um, Bush's daughter or something like that. Yeah, they 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 like my tweet. They even posted it up on, on their show. They selected my tweet on their show. And at first, you know, I wasn't aware about, about this one is that though. I mean, they like my freaking tweet. Oh my shit, my fucking tweet, man. Oh man. Yo, that was amazing. I, I'm now I'm getting notoriety. So I gotta let those people know that I got I got a podcast that I'm hosting every week. It's on Spotify. So I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't I was a little surprised when they selected my tweet on Today Show. I mean, I just want to say I want to give a shout out to the Today Show. I want to say thank you. I mean, I was expecting this to happen, but watching Law and Order back in the days and stuff like that, he had that Sam Watson trying to play. Um, yeah, Mr. McCoy, something like that. The DA, but before he was ADA, hmm, that's something. 
now he got like two two um two people two original guys from the original Lord of the Rings back on the revival and uh, too bad they're gonna be there for about years shit like that though but yo I can't believe it they selected my tweet on today today's show and I just wanna say uh, thank you all right, let's get to the episode. All right, um, this is our Law and Order SVU season two, episode 18, Manhunt. And uh, it aired on NBC on April 20th, 2001. And it's written by Jeff Urkel. As directed by Stephen Wertmeyer. So, this is an important episode, right? Because um, most of the time, you know, the episode opens with uh, detectives Olivia Benson and Elliot Stabler. But there's another pair of detectives that, that needs notoriety. And it's um, Munch and Finn. So, they, they, you know, people like the chemistry between Richard Belzer and Ice-T. So... However, though this episode is focusing is this episode is focusing on them, the other pair of detectives, right? So even though the the, the, the um, Belzer and Ice T have some good chemistry, you know, they like the um, they like the anti not the anti Benson Sabler, but I'm on the people be tuning in. So guess what? In this episode, though, they get they get the spotlight because the case focuses on them rather than Benson Stabler. So, I'm going to call this one The Munch and Finn Show. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call this title, man. I mean, I'm yo, check this out. I mean, yo. <clears throat> Excuse me. I mean, this episode is very important to me. It's also very important to you because right now we get the the case focuses on not only Benson and Stabler because I mean they right this time this episode they put on this episode Benson and Stabler are put on the sidelines you know, but most but this time you gotta give the this is a, yeah give it for Munch and Finn man just because I'm just telling you though this is like um I don't know if you like that episode that's fine but I'm gonna tell you this well this one right here I mean Munch and Finn get their own case on their own. The spotlight is on them. So I'm going to call it the Munch and Finn Show. That's what I'm going to call it, right? So, all right, are you ready? All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Hmm. Sound like that guy from Mickey Mouse Club The Party, something like that. Anyway, okay, so it's the evening time, and you got, um, you got like, a. Um, yeah, okay, two people, they just come in out of their jobs, you know, they work at the diner. And you got this uh, small, petite, petite brunette woman. And um, you got, like, this uh, shaggy dude-like character coming out right behind her and stuff like that, though. So, um, you know, the shaggy dude, he asked this girl to, um, to some, like, some move for a drink and something like that. And then and, and the small, petite brunette says... Yo, come on, I smell like french fries. You know, I gotta go home and stuff like that, though. And, you know, Shaggy Dude begs her for I have a, have a drink with them, and then she decided to go home and crash, though. And then they, they both say the, the goodbyes, and then Shaggy Dude was like, 
French fries is so stupid. I mean, I want to have some French fries. So stupid. Next thing he knows, uh, he hears a distress call from the small brunette girl. He turns around and he sees her being abducted by this big white guy who looked like Bluto from the Popeye cartoons, right? So, and it turns out, so, so anyway, Shaggy Doo comes in, he tries to stop her, and the next, next thing he knows is that the, um, the Bluto puts a gun to Shaggy Doo's head, points a gun at Shaggy Doo, saying, back the fuck up. And he, and then he does so for a second, next thing you know, Shaggy Doo tries to grab them, this guy, and next thing you know, Bluto punches him in the face, boom, knocks him out. Then all of a sudden, this good Samaritan dude comes by, just uh, in the beam. Next thing you know is that the Bluto throws him off, throws him off too. Next thing you know is he he breaks out, he kidnaps the girl, and he breaks out in his damn jeep. It, it speeds out, and then you know the two guys that get chased, and one of them collapses on the trips and falls on the street. Yeah, it turns out that a woman is snatched off the street by this damn Bluto guy. Like this, with the he had like a cap on and a beard and anything like that though. Okay, so um, later on, Munch and Finn are at the scene. They investigate the crime, and um, Munch and Finn comes in. It turns out that um, it was like a snatch. Finn was like, what's a snatch job and all that stuff? So anyway, so Munch and Finn, they interview the guy, you know, the, one of them, the Shaggy Dude guy, his, he is identified as Butch, but I'm going to call him Shaggy Dude, man. I mean, yo. <laughs> I mean, he should have asked that girl for a Scooby snack. You know I mean, you know, he just to fight off the attacker. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I wish I maybe Shaggy should be having some Scooby snacks just to knock the the guy with the beard out, though. So, okay, so the Shaggy dude guy, his name is Butch. Though he's like a witness to the crime, and then they would, and then they, and they, and then they're talking to this good Samaritan guy who was identified as Marty Potter. Marty Potter. Is he related to Harry Potter? You know the movie, you know, you know the guy, the white boy with the glasses and stuff like that. Marty Potter. Are they related to Harry Potter? You know, anyway, like that though. So it turns out that they was there trying to save the girl. And then um both of these guys, there was um and you know, I mean the Shaggy Doo was talking to much of Ben about um what happened and he tried to and then and then he tried to Fight off the kidnapper or something like that. And then the good Samaritan and do Marty Potter, he's just coming in to help and all that stuff, though. So, so Munch realizes it could be the work of the guy called the Bowery Stalker. And it turns out, and it turns turns out, turns out, you know, the Bowery Stalker, he um kidnaps them, mm-hmm. um, he kidnaps these ladies, tortures them, rapes them, and leaves them, and then kills them and all that stuff, though. So. So much. So anyway, much of them are talking about the Bowery Stalker. And I'm missing. Last summer, a guy abducted four women using the same MO, raped and tortured them, left their bodies stacked in a warehouse in Alphabet City. The Bowery Stalker. One and the same. I've heard about that guy in a long time. Not long enough. All right, we go for the opening credits, and then the next scene, we're in Craigan's office, and the Benson Stabler are there. So is um, Cabot. And they're talking about the Bowie soccer and all that stuff, though. And um, next thing you know, Munch comes in, and um, he tells them, and he, he spent, he was up all night interviewing witnesses, and Ben's still busy talking to other witnesses over the Bowie stalker. 
and um he was worried he was asking why they started to be without him and stuff like that though so and um Kragen is not mad at much because of about the about the Bowery stalker and um much feels, feels a little guilty because he didn't catch him the last time so 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 and then Kragen tells them that he, he's the primary of the case and um and he needs help though he, he don't want him to do it by himself though so Benson stable was just leaving and then Kragen tells um Kragen tells Munch to talk to Cabot about the Valerie Stalker. Alright, so um so um okay, as soon as um Munch and Munch alright, so Munch and Cabot though, they come in out Kragen's office in squad room and he tells a story about Bowie Stalker. And he tells a story about a like, last summer, like a woman a victim by the name of um Sarah Kimmel, right? She came to the bar. She was saying she was um abductive and tortured by the Bowie Stalker. So Hans finds out about this and then when he goes to his warehouse, they find a few other a few other bodies. And next thing he knows and he tells Calvin that the guy had escaped. And so they could he fails to catch him and stuff like that though. So next thing you know, Ben comes up and he tells him that the 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 guy in the tattoo matches the prescription, and um, he tells him. Much tells him, and Finn tells Much that the guy is identified as Frank Taggart, and he was arrested for assault recently, and he get and all that stuff. So, check this out. Next scene, though, though we he, we at the fish market where the suspect works, right? So, Munch tells. As a story about his ex girl, he tells that he used to work at the fish market when he was young, and then he was mentioned something about female, something like that. And he mentions about the two words like aqua and vulva, something like that. So, well, so when they arrived at the job, though, there's this big Paul Bunyan guy, man. <laughs> oh, he gives much a great big hug, like, hey, Munch Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> this this dude is big at Paul Bunyan Paul Bunyan like motherfucker. I mean, yo man, Biggie Small. Oh my goodness. He remembers much because they used to work at the fish market together, something like that though. So <laughs> and so Munch comes in for some business, you know, and he asks him, is uh, is Frank Tagger does tag Frank Tagger work here? And you know the the that friend of Munch's, he tells him that he's right over there, and then so Munch and Finn go outside, and then they see uh, Frank Taggart. So Finn comes up to him, saying they want to talk to him. Next thing he knows is Frank tries to grab Finn and throws him right by the damn fishes, and then next thing you know is Munch pulls out a gun, and then next thing you know Finn overpowers him and he puts Frank he puts Frank Taggart down, saying he was going to say, "Whoa, yo." Damn, and then then that's all they arrest Frank Tagger as job and stuff like that though, because he got a tattoo. Okay, so we in the interrogation room and Frank Tagger, then you know he tells him that um, he denies grabbing the lady, and then he 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 they ask him where he was the night before. He t- he told him that he was at another bar or something like that though, and then he mentions that um, 
they they know they know they wrestling for assaulting his girlfriend, whatever. And then uh, Frank was like, it was a big misunderstanding though, because he does Frank he does even owe a four by four stuff like that though. And then he goes he um scolds the cops saying you, you trying to frame him something like that though. But it turns out he didn't um. Yeah, it turns out that he don't own four or five four or something like that. Though I mean, he don't. And then even though there was a the assault arrest was like a misunderstanding between him and his um, ex girlfriend, what you would call that stuff like that though. And then he scolds munching Finn, saying they're gonna frame him. And, you know, he he didn't say he didn't even do nothing something like that though. Okay, so Munch, all right, Munch is talking to Cragen, and um, he. And Craig just wants the victim, you know, Sarah, to come in for a lineup. And Craig tells her that that she's an insurance policy and stuff like that, though. So, okay. So we had to line up, and then uh, Frank Taggart's there. He's, like, num- on number four or something like that, though. So you got the shaggy dude coming in for a lineup, and then he just let you know anything about that, though. So moments later, you got um, Marty Potter is at the lineup and he eyes the the guy as number five, not Frank Taggart though. One of the Bowery stalkers though. So Craig was like, let's up to Sarah right now. So Munch comes in the office, he sees the victim Sarah and stuff like that though. And he tells her to come to a lineup to see if he was there and all that stuff though. So Sarah comes in the lineup and she looks at these guys and she realizes that he is not there. So, as you know, Munch takes Sarah home to her apartment, and then next thing you know, Finn shows up and tells Munch that um, about the tattoo Taggart wears, though. So he, they, so they try to find. They have to go to the tattoo shop to see which um, Smith tattoos are made and stuff like that, though. So we had some some tattoo parlor, something like that, though. And uh, Munch and Finn shows the description of the tattoo, and the tattoo worker says that that's not that's not an original though. And he tells him that a guy came in last summer with the drawing and make it like uh, and make it put put on on his own stuff like that though. So some somehow you know it's just like all the tats you know they're not his you know sometimes these people come in and done with their own drawings and tattoos and then they just ask him to make it for them though. So. It's a familiar tattoo or something like that, though. They want um, they ask him if they could hold on to the that tattoo and stuff like that. And then the guy was like, "Well, I don't mind as long as they come in the foot traffic or whatever. I don't know what it is, though." Okay, so we at the forensics though. Do we're at the forensic forensics um place and this uh Asian dude right? I'm, and um, he was there in the earlier episodes. I mean, I remember back in the first season he had a ponytail. And the next thing you know, he cut it off though. But um, he, he 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 did some research on that tattoo, and the tattoo belongs to Daryl Kern, a former army soldier. So the next thing you know is that we outside Kern's apartment, and a bunch of Finn are there with the SWAT team and stuff like that. So, and they have a warrant for his arrest. So check this out. Daryl Kern, this is NYPD. We have a warrant to search the premises. If you don't open the door, we'll open it for you. All right, they break down the door. They come in the apartment. 
Tiger's not there, but they found like a thing. They got uh, this thing called four dicks on the wall. It's like a poster or something like that, though. So they looking around, you know, they found a book and everything like that, though. So that was a brief scene. I mean, Tiger's not even there. Okay, so we in the squad room right now. And um, they found, you know, they haven't, they found like uh, Kern's Easy Pass Bill. And he'd be taking trips to the place upstate called Walden Falls. So all he did was he had to cross the um, Triborough Bridge, head up the Deegan, go across the Tappan Zee Bridge, and go to this place, to this Walden Falls. And he's been taking like several trips ever since to because um, this place of Walden Falls. So it's just like the same place upstate. So Cragen tells them, you get ready for you, you you two guys are going off for a road trip. Now, speaking of road trip, I mean, there was this movie called Road Trip, right? With Tom Green and all this stuff. And you got this little skinny ass white kid. He having sex with a big black woman and stuff like that, though. I mean, I've seen it a couple of times, but um, it's like a comedy in 2000. I don't know what it is, though. Okay, so it's a, so this time. We're gonna see him going much of on a road, man. So we and we had act two one and Munch and Finn are arrive at the this town called Walden Falls. And uh, Munch is complaining about Finn's driving and stuff like that, though. I mean, yo. He, and then he wanted much and Finn much wanted to get Finn a course on driving, like professional or something like that. Come on, like complaining sweetie swerving on a road and stuff like that. I mean, come on, yo. Much, why don't you shut the hell up, man? You know what I'm saying? Like that, though. So they go into the police station and they meet the, um, the sheriff. And um, and then the, I think I think well, I forgot the guy. Think, oh, yeah, I think it was um Officer Baxter or something like that. I don't know what it is, though. So, I mean, Finn introduces himself as Finn. And actually, like, Finn? Uh, oh, no, no, no. He says he's Ola Finn Tutuola. And then Officer Baxter's like, Ola Finn Tutuola? And and then you know, Finn was like, "Call me Finn." That's all. Ice T wants to keep it real simple and sweet. That's all it is. Short and simple and sweet. You know what I'm saying? All right. So they they arrive before the forces to help the cops to track down Frank Taggart. So they just here to do some business. So later on, we outside this um place and uh, this witness he tells um they show him a picture of Frank Taggart. And um, he doesn't recognize uh, him as um, Frank Tag or something like that, though. His name was like um, uh, he he came with like a different name or something like that, though. I don't know what it is, though. So I forgot his I forgot his name. I mean, yeah, he's um. Oh no, no, they he recognizes the he looks at Taggart's photo of Taggart, and he he recognizes him as Arnold Copeland. And he tells the detectives that he has like a cabin somewhere like that. So, and he told them that he goes to this little gun shop that, um, like down the street, stuff like that, though. So, they had a gun shop. And then the guy recognizes Taggart as nothing but Arnold Coakley. So, and, and then it's funny about the Coakley thing, though. So, anyway, so we back at the police station, and then Munch finds out that, um, Arnold Coakley and his wife were missing and several months ago and his ID was used and credit card was used and something like that. So 
they asked the female sheriff the the run uh, background check and stuff like that, and she tells us it's like um ten minutes or something like that. I don't know what it is though. Okay, so we're in a hotel room, and then Munch and Finn, though, they're in their casual clothing and stuff like that, though. And um, and then, you know, and they, they sell it in this little hotel bedroom. It's like twin bed. Well, twin beds or one bed or two twin beds. I don't know what it is, though. Because, it's you know, it's cheap, it's a cheap motel or something like that, though. So, I don't know what it is. So, and then... Um, they rented this uh, hotel room with twin beds or something like that. You know, it's, it's a cheap hotel, whatchamacallit. I don't know. So, however, though, Finn tells a story where during his time in narcotics, narcotics though, he had like used to have like an apartment under, while he was working undercover. And he got like this, like a, a place, a pad. He got like a big widescreen TV and stuff like that, though. It's like, hmm. So. So I mean, yeah, that was his days of narcotics though. He was um working on a couple, he had his own place, you know, like one single apartment and all that stuff. So so next thing you know, much of Finn are talking are sitting in the bed together and then um Munch asks Finn why he leaves narcotics. And Finn tells him that his talk his partner took a bullet that was meant for him and squeezed the fun out of it. And then Finn asks him why he leave homicide. Now Another homicide rap on the street reference, right? Right there. That's the old TV show where Mr. Belsa used to be on, right? So Munch tells him that he came back from Baltimore after his fourth after he ended his fourth marriage. And he knew he realizes that, you know, a special victim unit was open and stuff like that, though. And he he had he had enough seeing dead bodies and he tells him it's a rip it's a living that ripped your guts out. Next thing he knows that they get a they get a phone call. Phone rings, and um, and Munch asks Ben, "Whose phone is it?" And he's probably yours. So he looks for the, his cell phone. He picks it up. His stabler's on the line, and stabler tells him that there's a break in the case. So, say, so, and then, um, and then he, he checked, he checked this out. And then and the next thing he checks out. Munch, hey Elliot, blueprints. Yeah, we're on it. Where's the phone book? Hey. I used to order the pizza. Like a wall. There it is. What? They've been combing through current stuff, found blueprints for a bomb shelter drawn up by a contractor in Walden Falls. Alright, next thing you know is the ATF though, they hear they have a warrant for current arrest and they confront the sheriffs and all about it. <laughs> This is a federal matter, and this is my office. Play by my rules or get out. You're in over your head. This man has enough firepower to start World War III. Somebody's blowing enough hot air to refloat the Hindenburg. Who the hell are you? Detective John Munch, NYPD. Who the hell are you? Gus Stone, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. Well, Mr. Stone, why don't you take your cowboys and step aside and let the police do their work? I have a federal warrant for Daryl Kern's arrest. And I have someone who could help find him before he kills another innocent woman. Who trumps who? All right, so after they had a little confrontation and stuff like that, though, they found this, this female sheriff comes in, and then she brings out this like like a, a map, something like that. Turns out that um, that um, Kern built like an underground bunker at his cabin and something like that, though. It's like um, and it probably belongs to Kern. I don't know what it is though, but probably belongs to um, Kern. Does it belong to Kern? I'm not sure, but. He, he say is this guy it belongs to like um 
guy named Ernest, something like that, though. I don't know what it is, though. I don't know what it is. So, they, so actually, you know, they've got a break in the case, though. They're going to be going to that cabin to, the, to find Taggart. So, we at this uh, cabin. We at the cabin, and then, you know, a bunch of men are there, and the police is there, and the ATF is there. The ATF stands for alcohol, tobacco, or firearms, something like that. Actually, you know, they raided the place looking for Frank. And, yo, check this out. Much and Finn, they found Annie's body inside the damn, inside in, inside this little uh, bunker, something like that, though. This shit, damn. It, they found Annie's body at the cabin, you know what I mean? So, Munch is sad, and he was like, sorry, Annie. Next thing you know, they discover that that, that they find also find the things that torture Annie and stuff like that. So it turns out that, they, that the bastard had tortured her. Okay, so we're at three right now, and 15 more bodies were discovered. Some of them bodies are contained children and stuff like that, though. So it turns out that uh, Kern, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, hold up. Kern, Kern had an accomplice, and Mitch, and then Ben realizes that someone had tipped him off. It turns out that that um, Kern, we slipped about an hour before they got here, so. Someone had someone had to tip him off. So, and then next thing you know, they found this scrapbook or something like that, though. And um, it's like a list or something like that, though. And then we, they read that the worm is in the apple. It's like a cold, though. The worm is in the apple. It's like um, the worm is, has something to do with um, Kern's accomplice. That's the worm and the apple. It's like New York City. So Munch realizes the worm's in the apple. That means that um, the you know the current accomplice is heading back to New York City. Okay, so we in um back in the special business unit, we're at the um, I think we're in Craigan's office, and then much uh, much of Finn and show Craigan's current list or something like that though, and it's all in codes. And much tells Craigan that, that that the eagle is current, and he and the worm is like he, he has an accomplice. So it's like wearing apples. So it's like military codes and stuff like that, though. So Craig tells Munch that he knows a guy uh, who has connected to the army, so like military stuff like that, though. And then he says he'll hook him up for him. So we at this um, place right there. It's like, um, and then I think there was a soldier or something like that, um, Fort Dixon, all this Fort Dix people. And then the, and the guy tells much of Finn that Kern had a problem with authority, and he used to be a cook, and um, he came into the army thinking that he was in the delusion that he likes killing people or something like that though, so he didn't don't have a problem with authority. But he was like he did because um he didn't he didn't do a follow authority, so they decided to put him in the kitchen as, as a cook, and then next thing you know the other day. Um, turns out that he um, spied, current spied the squirrel, and then next thing he knows that <laughs> he killed a squirrel, and he tried to boil in at the, at the, for food or something like that. Oh, shit. <laughs> he was going to use the damn squirrel for food. I mean, that was so sick, though. 
It's like you in the movie Fatal Attraction and stuff like that, though. So, and then the other soldier, he tells him that there was this um, guy that used to um, deliver foods for them. And then he, him and uh, Kern were like friends, stuff like that. And he tells him he don't deliver anymore. And they tell him that um, the guy works at the, this outfit somewhere in Brooklyn, stuff like that. So, so we're at this uh, shipping place somewhere in Brooklyn, something like that. Much of Finn and talks to this guy who works there. He tells him that the guy who used to deliver stuff, is, his name was Marvin Posey. And he tells him that Marvin's not here. Well, he's not working today, but he's on National Guard maneuvers. And Much um, of Finn asks him how long he does his maneuvers. He tells him, like, wait, once a week, maybe on a weekend, something like that, though. And Finn was like, you know, today is Thursday, something like that, though. And then, and again, the boss tells him that he goes on maneuvers for several days and stuff like that, though. I mean, he, he just following, he just following uh, his natural duties or something like that, though. I mean, he tells him that Marvin be going out in the woods to hunt for things and all that stuff, though. So, so that's what he does, though. So, and they they ask him, and they, is he in trouble, something like that, though? Okay, so, what do they do? They track down Marvin at his home somewhere upstate, and, you know, a bunch of been are there, and then you got the SWAT team, and they got their guns out, though, because they have a warrant for his arrest. So, much of are at Marvin's door, though, and they ask Marvin Posey out, and their guns drawn, and then all of a sudden, the door opens, they're this elderly lady... <laughs> There's this elderly lady answering the door, and then the music suddenly stops. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. oh. <laughs> so the old lady is identified as uh, Marvin's aunt. So um, they're inside the house, and then a bunch of Finn are in the kitchen, and then um, Marvin's aunt is retreating for some coffee and tea and stuff like that, though. So the aunt tells them that... Um, the Marvin's parents died when he was very young, and it turns out that um, his father killed his mother because he didn't like the way she made his food or something like that, though. It's some crazy shit like that, crazy shit like that, though. So she gives him, like, a photo by album and stuff like that, though, and, it, and they open the scrapbook, and, yo, they, they have a picture of um, Kern... And and they discover Kern and, and Marvin. And yo, check this out. When they open the scrapbook, you won't believe this though. And the guy who was posing with Turn, he turns out to be the good Samaritan they interviewed earlier, who goes by the name of Marty Potter. So Marty Potter is Marvin Posey. Oh shit. Damn. Where? In our own house. I'm trying to stop the 4x4. He's trying to get in. How could we be so stupid? One of the only ones, even our Mary thinks he's a hero. And Ron Mary's a few teabags shy of a full time. All right, and then Finn gets a phone call. And it turns out that, 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 that there was another carjacking. And it turns out Kern is, is um, snatched a woman and a child. And it turns out it was like a, a bald, cliche of a man. He, car, he kidnapped a woman and a child at some gas station. And then they're heading north. And Munch realizes it's Canada. Like, damn. So, 
this man hunt is getting interesting. I mean, they tracking the current upstate, and now they had track him up in Canada. Oh my goodness! So I'm gonna get to Canada in a few minutes. So anyway, we're back at the squad room. You know, back in New York City. Turns out that current and Posey have been communicating and stuff like that, though. So they go to this um um cell phone office. They deal with landlines and stuff like that. And cell phone records. And the cell phone record shows that the suspects were are near like the Canadian border, or something like that, though. So, much of inside, head back north again, trying to catch um the two guys, you know, Kern and um, Posey, something like that, though. So they meet up with the um, agents, you know, like um other detectives and sheriffs and stuff like that, though. And they tell them that the cars were spotted at a farmhouse that's like a half mile away. So, much of been are there they talking to the other cops and um atf and then they the swat team and they're gonna bring these guys in and they were like it's your show so they make their move they go they arrive at the farmhouse and um much of ben go to this farm place and yo check this out though they discovered marty marty marvin posey's body hanging he was he was hanging from a damn ceiling and he got blood coming out of his chest and stuff like that. I mean, there's some things attached to him. Yo, it was gruesome. I mean, they found Marty dead in the in the in the in some farm cabin. And Munch is pissed off. He was like, Son of a bitch! He starts kicking things and stuff like that. I mean, he's lost his crew saying, Son of a bitch, you bastard and asshole like that. He's just destroying garbage cans and property and stuff like that, though. So, however, though, I mean. Yeah, I know Munch is um he I know they know he's he Munch is just fed up though. He's lost his patience and all this stuff though. So however though, um Ben gets a call and uh from is from Craigan and he tells Munch that that, that the police Canadian police they just arrested um Kern for shoplifting in uh, Ontario, Canada, something like that though. So Finally, though, they says they finally so much calms himself down. You know, I mean, they finally got they finally got him. So they're gonna be going over to Canada to go and get it, arrest his ass. So we're in the some Ontario provinces, open province, something like that. Though I mean, much of it are in Ontario, Canada right now, and um, Cabbage is there serving the extradition warrant. So. And then she said she didn't, she not she's out there for support and stuff like that. She came as fast as she could though. So they need to talk to the mother and all that stuff. So much of Ben talked to the mo- mother and tells um and he, and she tells uh, much that the current murdered a couple. Some if they had something to do with the I think the Copley's or something like um so uh, someone like that, I think the Copleys, you know, they um killed um. Uh, um, and that's the reason why he killed. He killed a couple of his cabins. She tells him, tells him that um, current killed this lady and slashed her throat. And then when her husband intervened, though, he slashed him too and all that stuff. I mean, that was some gruesome stuff like that, though. So after that, though, Munch decides to confront current and all that stuff with Cabot. So, we're sitting in their interrogation room somewhere, and then Munch comes and he sees Kern, and look at Kern! Oh, he he looking like Mister Clean now. I mean, he he first he looked like Bluto with a cap and a beard on. Next thing he knows that Kern was 
bald and clean shaven, looking like he Mr. Fucking Clean and stuff like that, though. <laughs> so, next thing you know is that um, he confronts um, Mr. Clean in interrogation and stuff like that about um, about that. And then, next thing you know, it's Mr. Clean goes off on Munch, telling him that Canada won't extradite on capital offenses and shit like that, though. And then, next thing he knows that um, he tells him that... Um, it's um Marvin messed up over some things, stuff like that, though. <laughs> it, it was crazy, man. And then he every time when he kills people, and then current, and then uh, Mister Clean tell Munch every time I kill people, I thought about you. <laughs> so sick and like that, though. And then <laughs> you know he blamed his partner Marty because he messed up on something like that, though. And then he just sick as killer. And he tells. And then um, Mr. Clean tells much that Canada won't extradite on capital offenses, and then he's gonna be, he's like he's laughing at your expense, just like I'm laughing now. <laughs> and much decides that he had enough arguing with Kern, he decides to step out. And then and, you know Mr. Kern, Mr. Clean tells much, now go get a mop and clean up to uh, clean up the blood I spilled on the damn floor. I just ripped somebody's guts out. Go now, go get, go get, go go get yourself a mop, man. I got some Mister Clean over here right now. I just couldn't. I just spilled the guy's guts on uh, on the floor, and I want you to go clean that shit up for me. And I got the, I got a mop, Mister Clean here for you. Now go with that munch, you little slave. <laughs> so next thing you know is that uh, Munch talks to Cabot. He tells Munch tells Cabot. That uh, what Kern told him that Canada won't extradite capital offenses, stuff like that, though. And Cabo's like, "Much, I didn't come in for the for a fight. You did your job, much. Let me do mine." So we're in a Canadian courtroom right now, and um, I want to talk about that. You know, they got this um, ADA up there that he be talking like like Adam West from the Batman series, like he knew boot as written and stuff like that, though. So, speaking about Canadian courts, so I want to tell you a story. I remember back in 2020 years ago, back in 2001, um, my friend and I, we went up to Toronto, Canada, and we went to the old city hall place. And it was a courthouse, you know, I mean, this, it was, so um, we went in there and we went to this courtroom and my friend and I will get to see like the live cases and stuff like that though. So I was just curious and stuff like that though. So they had like a thing and stuff like that. Um, you know, they was doing a case in the courtroom and I don't know, I don't remember what it was though. And then my, when my friend and I stepped out though, we seen this guy, this prisoner be prisoner here that he was being chained with his hand and feet. Like he probably did something. I, I don't know what it is. So he looked at it, and then he guy was staring at us. So me and my friend Mike, we just went about our business, and then and, and went and went walking and stuff like that, though. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what he did, man, because I don't know he was in for murder. I don't know what it is. So we was in there in uh, Toronto City Hall for a few minutes, and then we just um, stepped out. But. Right across the street from the old city hall, they got the new city hall where they got the tall buildings. So the old city hall is probably like a courthouse or something like that. I don't know what it is. You know? It's like... So 
And speaking about Canada, you know, I mean, I was just curious of Canada, Canada because the U.S. and the Canada, we speak the same language. Even though in Canada they speak uh, English and French, but the accent thing, you know, I mean, I don't care about the accent, though we still speak English, you know, I mean, we, I'm not saying that the Canadians speak British, but they act, their accent sounds like more California or... Um, you say Boston, I don't know, Boston, I don't know what it is, I mean, but it's still the same, stuff like that, though. So, speaking about Canada, you know, I've been to Toronto several times, you know, the last one was by like, two years ago, 2019, and I was vacationing by myself. My friend and I used to go to Toronto back in the days, though, but what happened with my friend, I mean, he was, <laughs> he's, he was converting to Satanism. So, that's me and my friend, we just split up, though. Because, I mean, he didn't, he just gave me vague clues saying that I follow the most high, he follows the opposite. So, it kind of hit me that he be worshiping the damn devil. So, I was like, I disassociated myself with this guy. And we were friends and all this first, so I don't know why. So, so anyway, we in the courtroom right now. Cabot is there, and they got this ADA who sounded like that Adam West from the Batman TV series, though. They said, and then you got the judge. He calls um, Cabot a bad counselor. I mean, this is Canada right there we're dealing with here, okay? So, it's however, though, I mean, uh, make a long story short, though, I mean, it's like a petition for extradition and stuff like that. So, the judge decides to grant... Um, Petition to extradition. So he decided. So in other words, petition for extradition is granted in the court, and it devastated Mr. Clean right there. Current, aka Mr. Clean. I mean, his pride is like shattered right there. Like he thought he thought he could get away with that shit, but right now you go. He 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 done it to himself this time with his big ass mouth. Next year. Yeah, so anyway, next scene, Kern is turned in by Munchin Finn and then U.S. authorities. And then he's not, he's shocked to see Munch there. Munch comes up to his face and tells um, Mr. Clean, welcome home, Kern. And then Mr. Clean doesn't say nothing, and then he just puts his dead down as he keeps on walking. So in the last scene, we outside... Um, Sarah's apartment. Munch comes in, tells Sarah to turn her lights off tonight, and Munch and then Sarah is smiling, and then she closes the door. It's end of the end of the episode. So in other words, Sarah could sleep well tonight because in, in level words, it turns out Munch tells her that they got him, so she could sleep tonight. In other words, I mean, Munch didn't say it completely. He just simply told her to turn. You could it's safe to turn her lights off tonight. In other words, in other words, it's a cool main that we got him. So, send an episode. Oh, yeah, you know, um, I just wanted to, um, I left out for some important things, you know, say that um, 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 Kern, a.k.a. Mr. Clean, he killed four people in the episode. Know a couple and a guy who owns a cabin and um, his latest victim called um, um and you know you know the small 
uh, small brunette, short, small brunette. You know what I mean? I think her name is Annie. Anyway, though. So, and, you know, Munchkin tracked the, the the killer to Canada. So, and then this, and then you got Mr. Clean trying to laugh at Munch saying Canada will extra tight because, I mean, he's thinking that he could, he could get away with it. But that asshole was wrong, man. They they granted the extradition thing, and it said to kill her into like uh, his pride is just shattered. Like damn. So like I say, yo, Munch and Finn tracked the killer to Canada, stuff like that. So I just wanted to tell you about my experience with Canada. And I said earlier that I've been to Toronto several times. You know, I mean. First time I've been in Toronto, that was back in 1995. And then I went again in a few years later, like 1999, then 2001, then 2005, so 2009. And I've been up there recently. I mean, I got to admit, the, 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 I like Toronto and stuff like that, though. But I'm not going to say it's boring or anything like that, though. But I just like the downtown scenes and all that stuff, though. And um, so... Um, and not only I've been to Toronto, I've been I've been to other Canadian cities. I've been to like Montreal, and I've been to Niagara Falls on the Canadian side, and that's the only places that I've ever been through. I mean, I never gone to visit any other Canadian cities. You know, I really wanted to go over and go to Nova Scotia because they say that most of the most of the black slaves settled over there after. They escaped slavery during the Underground Railroad, you know, like Harriet Tubman and all that stuff. So I never got the chance to do that, but I wanted to see Nova Scotia, what's it's like in Nova Scotia, because you got brothers and sisters living up there. And I was thinking about going over there and check out Edmonton. So I never been there before, but I want to take a ride of their trains. Now, speaking about Toronto, I mean, I took a ride on their trains, you know, and that was, I, I went to the CN Tower, visit a couple museums, you know. I'm going to say that Toronto's right, though. I don't care about the accent. I mean, they still speak the same language as us. They don't speak English, but I understand they got French people up there in Quebec and all that stuff, though. Over here in America, it's just like English and Spanish and Chinese and everything, you know. But Canada, you got, like, uh, people speaking English and French, and you got, like, some Native, Native Americans up there. Now, my trip in Toronto, in uh, Toronto, I've been there in Toronto several times, and oh, like I said, I like to take a ride on their trains, and I visited the CN Tower, and just like the tall buildings, that's all. Oh, my trip to Montreal, man, it was a sexual experience on my part because I remember back in about about ten more than a decade ago, I believe. 2009, I believe, because um, I went up there with my sister and my little nephew, and we just spent the weekend up there in uh, Montreal and all that stuff. I mean, we drove up there. I mean, we had to show them our passports and all that. So we just did a little sightseeing, and um, we had dinner up there. And next thing you know, we passed by the strip club, and then my sister persuaded me to go over there and check it out, though. I mean, I didn't want to, but my sister had the nerve to take me and my little cousin to like the red light district. I mean, showing naked woman stuff like that, and she got my sister trying to encourage me to go to the dance strip club, and I didn't want to, but 
my sisters were like, go have some fun. Okay, you know what? I messed myself up, myself, myself up though. I went into, yo, listen, you know what I did? I went into the strip club. And um, I, you know, guess what? I had to pay $5 to get in, which is not bad, you know? So next thing you know, I was watching these, they have naked ass strippers and then I got the stripper, one stripper coming up to me saying she want to give you like a private lap dance session. And then I was like, okay, next thing you know, I'm in a booth with her and I some sipping with some champagne with her. And next thing you know is that um, she was dancing and grinding and she, she even let me suck on her titties. And yo, I mean, she loved it though, yo. And she showed me a pussy and everything like that. I mean, I had a good time with that stripper, but and then next thing you know, is I, the bad news is I blew my money out. Like every time when they change a song and it, it, I had to pay her twenty dollars, man. Yeah, and this and the songs they were like moving like fast and stuff like that, like it's tripping. Though. I mean, but next thing you know is that I left the strip club. You know, I mean, I I tried to hook up with her, but that didn't happen though. And then next thing you know is I went back to the hotel room. And my sister apologized for what she did to me and stuff like that, though. Even though, you know, I made, I mean, I admit, though, I did make a mistake, you know. I mean, I got no business going to strip club anyway, stuff like that. But, you know, you you're single, when you're a single guy, I mean, hmm, what you going to do? But I just learned later on, and it's, it, ain't, it ain't worth it going to the strip club, you know. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, right now I'm older. I'm in my 40s now. I mean, it's like, okay. Yeah, sometimes, you know, it's not a good way to find a woman nowadays, so. And sometimes, you know, I have feelings about strip clubs because I don't like women to show their pussies to random men, stuff like that. It's like, well, or the, I mean, you could entertain a man at his own household, but at a strip club, hmm. No disrespect, you know what I mean? I like a woman to respect themselves. And men, you got to respect yourselves too, you know what I'm saying? Now, Anyways, you know, that's my, and I've been to Niagara Falls and the Canadian side, you know, I mean, I could feel the mess of the water and stuff like that, and Toronto, like I said, I took a ride on the trains, it was nice, you know, taking a look at the city and stuff like that, so, and that's about it, so, I'm gonna make a little announcement, um, I'm gonna say that, um, this is probably gonna be my last show for 2021, so, I'm, I was thinking about taking a break, and you know what? Maybe I should, but I'm going to be back in two weeks with a new episode to start off the new year. So that's good news. So hopefully I'm going to make this announcement clear right now. So, you know what I'm saying now? So I'll be back. I'll be back with a new show on Twisted um, in two weeks from now. All right. Which is probably January, um, January. Today's the 20th. Uh, today's. January 3rd, I believe, right after the New Year's. So I'm going to be back with a new episode of Twisted and Lord of SVU podcast, and we're going to finish up season two of Lord or the SVU. Now, I just want to say I want to thank y'all for listening in. So Twisted, a Lord or the SVU podcast, you can hear us on uh, Anchor FM every week, and you can hear us on Spotify because our my show's on every Monday on Spotify. And you can hear it at WordPress.com. All right. And I just wanted to say thank y'all for listening. So this is BD Rose or Brian Rose. And um, 
and I'm out. All right. Happy Hanukkah, y'all. I'll see. I'll be back in two weeks. Well, good night.